0: What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of Scrolling Through Life with Tom Brahani. I got my <clears throat> reoccurring guest here, James Smirin. What's up, guys? Uh, again. And we also got a special guest today. Uh, You know, in the past, we've talked about the peer-to-peer. So today we have a special guest, Dr. Angela Fox. Um, I'm going to have her introduce herself and give us a little background. And then uh, we're going to go ahead and throw some questions at her um, regarding peer-to-peer and, uh, you know, give you guys a little more background, a little more understanding of where peer-to-peer came from and what it is uh, a little more in-depth than what we have in the past. Uh, Dr. Angela Fox.
1: Yes, hi, good morning gentlemen. Good Thanks morning, How's it going <laughs> Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, so a little bit of background on me. i am currently, I'm the Deputy Command Psych over at Training Group. I started my career off um, at Walter Reed. I uh, did some time, um, again, at the Training Group out in the conventional army. Then back to Training Group over to third Special Forces Group where, where I met Jim. And actually a lot of, a lot of his peers and counterparts. Um, so that's actually where the whole peer to peer started. The genesis was actually uh, some PTSD, uh, and I, I shouldn't even say PTSD. I see PTS and anxiety types of issues that I saw throughout the group um, that I recognized they needed some additional help and what I could provide.
2: Okay, right. So I met I met Doc. Um, what was it? On the phone, I think, because I was seeing uh Doc Woolley while you were downrange at some point is how I s is initially how we met. Um and then I saw her face to face after I came back from my uh seventy two days in a twenty day program yeah. before. <laughs> Um <laughs> so um and then the 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 psychologist that was working with me down there in, in San Antonio had said that um the uh, the group psych was putting together kind of like this 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 peer group right Um, and she thought that it would be good for myself and another one was um, another person that was going to be there with us um, was my buddy that we talked about the guy that was on nine one with me yep Um, so I, I was open to it I didn't understand the dynamic i didn't i mean you know you hear psych and you hear groups and what do you think okay it's going to be a bunch of bunch of people sitting there just like okay right uh, yeah just going at it and it wasn't and it wasn't like that so um can we you said you said you started it with dealing with pts but can you go a little more in depth as to why you started the group or what you were seeing um
1: yes yes absolutely uh, so what initially had happened was, and, and you know this, I was deploying kind of two or three months at a time coming back, and I started recognizing not only when I was downrange, but when I came back, that a lot of the 18 series guys that I was seeing had a lot of similar symptoms. Um, they overlapped quite a bit and were going through very similar problems. Right. Uh, and actually the, the friend that you talked about, um, just a few minutes ago, um, he had actually come to see me. I had transferred him to another psychologist because I was about to deploy. And the night that I was about to deploy, he called me in, in distress because he was suicidal. Right. Uh, fortunately, the command was, was very responsive and receptive to me getting him taken care of. Yep. Um, got him initially what, what he needed. But when I returned back from deployment, because as, as you all both know, things, Good news and bad news travel fast around there. Yep. Um, individuals, service members, specifically 18 Series, started just coming through the, the cracks. Um, everyone was coming and, and trying to get help based off of, of this individual. Uh, he was well-known, well-respected throughout this group, and, and he was also uh, talking with me at some of the outreach opportunities that we had about his experiences. And so, as you all know, um, a lot of people resonated with that. They felt that their story was very similar to that. And so they started coming to me for assistance. Uh-huh. So I've had some, a lot of, um, a lot of experience with the treatment protocols for anxiety, PTSD, uh, via exposure treatment, cognitive processing therapy. Uh-huh. And, um, I was doing a lot of one-on-one, but a couple of things happened One. I couldn't keep, keep up the load, especially when I was having a story and come back. And I also recognized that with these guys, I was seeing because as I mentioned earlier stories were so similar and they felt so alone in it, um, that they needed someone who truly understood what they were going through to help them through that. Yes, um,
3: exactly.
1: Yes. So, yes. And, and you couldn't, you couldn't get that anywhere because, um, One, because a lot of guys are, you know, hesitant to come forward with it. Um, it, They don't want (laughs) to go to a hospital. They don't want to go to um, any type of any type of clinic. Um, They're still worried about the stigma and being stereotyped or seen as weak. And so in that moment, um, along with with doing the protocols for um, for PTS treatment, specifically exposure therapy. Um, I, I realized in my material that there was also um, support groups that could be added to that. A lot of the things the guys told me, too, when I was, when I was chatting with them was, um, I can't trust anybody with this. And there's specific people, you know, their team guys, their brothers, um, are the only ones that they would feel, they feel truly vulnerable with. And so that led to my second thought. Well, okay, if I'm going to do this group, I need to keep it somewhat somewhat small initially, so that there is that trust there, yeah. um, that they can speak openly and with someone who they truly feel like understands their story. Yes. And so that was the impetus, the genesis for for the initial group.
0: Okay. I. Um. So me and James, me and James talk about that all the time, and you know you just hit on so many, uh, so many valid points right there, Uh, you know, from the stigma to nobody understands me except for the guys that, you know what I'm saying, if you've been there, done that type thing. Um, You know, a lot of that comes with the fear of truly speaking your mind and somebody taking it the wrong way. And then the repercussions repercussions that come from that, you know what I mean? Uh, So that's why, like, I think it's so much easier for us to talk like in a group setting because we're so used to being in a team setting. Cause that's just
3: what what
0: I'm saying. That's what it is. And that's how we uh, deal with all our issues anyhow, in that team room. But when you're in front of somebody who um, has never walked your path, never, never been there, doesn't even understand nothing of of anything you've ever done besides from just, you know, reading it or or like hearing about it. um, They don't fully comprehend your mindset. And it, and it makes it difficult to get treatment. And I think that's why a lot of guys, you know, like for me, for instance, I mean, I held off until 17 years to get any kind of help. And that was because I was so scared to, to to come forward because I didn't know what was going to happen with my job. I didn't know if they're going to pull me out. I didn't know if, you know, the chain of command is going to be upset because I was going to be a burden or whatever it, Whatever it was, but these are all the stories that you 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 know saying, you always heard, and sometimes you did see that from people that come forward, and all of a sudden they disappear. They go to the shop, and you know, with with us, you got all these uh, uh, alpha males. Nobody wants to go to the shop. Everybody wants to stay on the team. Everybody wants to continue to the point. Everybody wants to continue doing the job. Nobody wants to go. To the, you know saying to the staff position. So for us, you know, it's 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 scary. So we just hold everything in until you know you it just overfills really right well and some of that too yeah. is when when you do wind
2: up going to that staff position it's you, you have to look at the rumors that start because nobody knows why they left yes and you would be surprised and i mean i think doc <laughs> and i've talked about this about like what the rumors were when we went to the three when i went to the, th- yeah. the three shop because yeah. i when i went to the three shop i talked to her and i talked to the battalion csm and the rest of them and i would said hey look I think this job right here is the master breacher is going to be a good fit for me as we do it. Yeah. Well, then of course, and I didn't know anything about it. And a buddy of mine brought up a couple of years later. It was like, man, the rumors were flying that they did this, this, and this. And I said, no, man, that was me. Right it's and so that was you know those are the kind of stuff that you got to look at so.
0: it's funny you say that real quick so like when I uh, asked for help and I went to treatment so I was gone for a month and then I came back and you know the chain of command was very very supportive and, 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 and I say this all the time they're very supportive so I was gone they let me go to treatment do whatever right. I need I'm uh, go to my weekly classes take care of myself um, but the rumors in those two months when I came back and people saw me for the first time you know just here and there they were like yo we thought you got kicked out we thought this happened right. and I'm like no, it's completely opposite. Actually, like chain of command yep. was all for it, and I was such an advocate about that. I was like, "Yo, like if you need help right now, is the time to go get it. Right, right. now is the, is is the time with this chain of command because you don't know what's happening next." Yep. So, so yeah. Anyway,
2: yeah. So uh, okay. So let's let's get into the group, doc. Um, What kind of like what were the prereqs for us as we were coming into this group to be able to start? Because I know you didn't exactly start everybody off at the same time or just like first off you know what I mean so what were were there prereqs that you were looking for when we started asking people to come in
1: there were there were so um, first obviously willing and ready to get to get treatment Um, as we talked about I should never be working harder than you so that's that's the number one Um, the number two is because I did want to keep it somewhat sacred um I also, you also had to be an 18 series. So that was number two. Number three is you had to sit down with me and I did a full intake and you were getting, um, one-on-one treatment because as you know, you have to be in a place where you're, you're ready to be in that group format. You have, you've had, you've had a certain amount of treatment, um, so that you not only can, can share, but so can be ready to hear other people's. And so I, I wanted to ensure that. Um, they were the right fit. They got their right amount of treatment, and they were ready for the, that next step. So that was number. Um, well, what did I say? Number four. <laughs> that was that, that was
2: record. D. So anyway,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I lost count. Right. That was the next thing that was recommended. Yeah, and that that they were they were going to be engaged. Um, they weren't going to miss, and they were going to remain or maintain the confidentiality, so that right. there was that. Um, sacred aspect,
2: of people feel uncomfortable sharing. Right, and I think that's one of the things I told you when you walked in the door. Right, was that that anything anything that went on in here was right. was between us. Right. But at the same time, I was looking at you going, anything that goes on in here is between us. Exactly. So,
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I, think, I mean, rightfully so, you know, everyone's super worried and, and sometimes, you, you know, paranoid about that. And you, and you have to be when you when you feel like your job may be on the line and, sure. and your reputation. So it was, it was perfectly understood.
2: Sure. Hmm. Yeah. So I think, um, and I think I've said this before, but um, one of the things that I thought was, was really cool about this group when we started it is... Um, she wasn't there to be, she w- she was there more to keep us on the rails yep. during the group than she was there to be the professional. Right. Um, the professional part came when you were doing the one-on-ones. Right. And this was us running it and bouncing stuff off. And she was very good about um, being able to keep. Uh, keep like keep us on the rails rather than having one person talk the whole time. Right, right, but there's right. also times when you need to realize that there's um, <clears throat> excuse me, th- that there's a time when the guy needs to talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, as we get into that, um, that, that brings me to my next question, Doc. It's like what do we, what do we need to look for when we're setting up a group? I I and let's start with the first thing. Yeah, let's just what do, what are the things um, as far as like logistics? What do we need to look for as far as personnel, place, stuff like that?
1: Yeah, well, um, so number one, uh, definitely you know having a secure secure facility where anyone can feel comfortable walking in and out, so that it's not you know gained the behavioral health, a psychological component of the psychological kind of source because back in add to the stigma initially. Um, the second piece is, you know, some of the maybe the more obvious things is making sure that you have a regular day and time um, so that everyone always knows when to show up so that you have a facilitator who's, who's trained um, in this type of treatment. And that you also have an individual on the outside. If the person who's conducting the group doesn't, um, doesn't have the experience is to, to do the one-on-one and making sure the person's taken care of. Something that I, I didn't mention earlier that I think is important to note as well, and you alluded to it when you were talking about, you know, being professional, but not, not running everything, just more facilitating is that one, something that a psychologist um, clinician can't do. And I certainly couldn't do during, during my time at third group was, maintain the the accountability and that is outside of, you know, the group time, the one on one time, being able to frequently check on one another, hold each other accountable. Um, it was much easier in a group format to have each of you confront each of you as opposed to me. Um, because it was more it was more meaningful and, you know, didn't it didn't necessarily break rapport, but you were able to do a lot of that work in the group and outside of the group. Right. Um, on weekends, if you hadn't heard from someone or if you needed an ear, uh, you could text that person, you could call that person, you could hold each other accountable yeah. on a regular b- basis. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not something that even if, if we wanted to, we could do. Um, right. And because you guys are brothers, you are a scene, you been on a scene, you have that, um, you have that mindset that hey, I'm going to be, be there for you in, in the good times and the bad. No matter
2: what, right, and And
1: those are the things. I'm sorry,
2: bud. No, no, no. Go ahead, finish. Hello.
1: Oh, I lost you. Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, no. Go, go ahead and finish what you were saying.
1: Um, and no, and those are those are just the important pieces that if you're going to have a group, you've got to maintain that integrity. Right. Um, No matter what the facility is, no matter um, who's in it, those are those
2: are the hallmarks and making it successful. Right. So she brought up, she brought up, um, Doc brought up holding each other accountable. Yeah. And so one of the ways that we did that and we started this texting was just starting to become a thing. Right. And so- um, That was a long time ago for you, huh? Watch your mouth. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, and so we would, we would text. Right, and right. we had, um, if we didn't hear from the guy in 12 hours, somebody was calling him. right? Um, if it got to be 24 and it usually got to be a little bit, you know, if it was like another hour, somebody would, you know, or, or 24 hours, like I said, we would, somebody would drive to that guy's house. Whoever was closest would drive to that guy's house and find out. Um, but usually it would be sooner than that, you know, phone call, you know, right at about maybe, you know, 13, 14 hours, but definitely, you know, hitting the house. Um, and, and actually, and I had mentioned it before, um, that's how we were able to um, stop the three suicides in in the attempts in that group. Right, um, mm-hmm. was by doing that, um, and so again, holding each other accountable and 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 pardon my expression, just giving a fuck about each other. Right, um, okay. you know. So that's the way that goes. Um,
0: you got something? Yeah. So so you know, that's the biggest thing for me throughout this entire process is is. For me, that's been working is being held accountable. Uh, you know, going back to a year and some changes ago when I met James, um, you know, James would call me all the time and text all the time. And he didn't know a lot of this time, or maybe he felt it, I don't know. But like, there was days that I would just, I just wanted to shut the world out. You know, I was going through my moods, I was going through my feelings, and I, I just wanted to just be alone. I was shut in. And he would call and text, and I'd be like, fuck, all right, you know what, I gotta get up, I gotta get out of okay. here. I gotta, you know what I'm saying, I gotta answer his phone call, I gotta text. And every day that little bit of phone call, those texts, I got to a point where I was like, all right, you know what? I'm good. You know what? Let me, you know what I'm saying? Let me start moving. Let me start calling him back. And, and, you know, just being held accountable is huge, but it's because I think when you're in in that position and you're down on yourself and you're, you know what I'm saying? You're in that, you know, uh, depression or whatever you want to call it, um, you feel like nobody cares. So like, you know what I'm saying? When your brothers are checking up on you, it gives you that little, okay, you know what? Somebody does care. My boy does care. And I can't let him down because he, you know what I'm saying? He's uh-huh. out here. He's out yeah. there putting putting himself out there for me. So let me go ahead and, and, and you know, uh, give back, I guess, you know, and make sure I'm good. Well, but that's why we do it too. Right. I and mean, it's because,
2: because you are sitting in there. And again, we've talked about this. You can be in a room full of, you know 50 people going through the same thing you are right. and you'd be like yeah i'm the only one in here going through this when you're really not
0: so well so that's the thing so just real quick so 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 that's the thing about being held accountable right so you go to these uh you know what I'm saying at like behavioral health guess what i have 45 minutes an hour and that's it and, yeah. and, and nobody's checking up, you know what I'm saying? Like not saying they don't care, but that's not, yeah. that's, I'm saying that's out of their parameters. Like, Hey, you know what? He, he comes in here for these meetings once a week and that's it. Right. But what about the other six days, um, exactly. that I'm, I'm saying that I'm going through, what I'm saying yeah. like, I'm so down, but yeah, so peer to peer is huge, man. Oh
2: <laughs> All right. So yeah. let's, when we get back to this, um. We're looking for, and we're gonna to get to the BH part here in a second, Doc, but when we're looking for somebody to run a peer group, what are we looking for in that individual? As far as like when you when you looked at when you looked at myself and and uh my buddy, my teammate that we are looking oh. at to run that group, what were you looking for from uh, in us to be able to do that to start? So, I mean when we first started, it was just the two of us. So I mean we're just <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, one, and I think, uh, for example, you, you were at a place where you had gone through a lot of treatment and you had made significant progress. and um, you'd almost, you know, almost become like the, the shadow psychologist, if you will. Um, and, and you, you, you knew what your limits were. You knew when to reach out and you knew how to constantly consult. Um, because something going back to what we are talking about before is that the, the importance of having a professional is that you never want someone to bear too much of the responsibility because they're inevitably going to have their down moments too. And you don't want that added pressure on that individual to, um, to not have someone else to be able to lean on and taking on the responsibility of everybody else. So that's imperative is to have someone who knows when they're down who knows when they're having a hard time and they can consult and they can reach out without hesitation because they've been through enough treatment. They have enough insight to know, okay, red flag, um, red flags are going up here. I, I need to pull in someone else and pass the baton. And so I think those were, those are the main things that you have to recognize in, in an individual. Um, Otherwise, it could be detrimental to the group and to the
0: individual as a whole.
2: Right. Right. No, absolutely. So true. Yeah. Okay, so now what I'm what I'm going to say in this in this next in this next statement is. And I I know anybody's listening right now that has gone through what Tom and the rest of us have gone through and they're going to hate to hear this, but you have to have a behavioral health professional involved in this with you when you start the group. I say again, you have to have a behavioral health professional with you to help guide you when you start this group, not to run the group, to help guide the group, because you're going to need somebody when you have a person, you see something, the group's going to see something or hear something, and that person's going to need help. And so yeah. so when we're looking for, as we set our group up, Doc, when we're looking for this, what are we looking for in a behavioral health professional?
1: So I would first turn that question on you, and saying, um, "What would you, what would you look for to be involved with you? What's going to lead to the trust, the confidence um, of pulling someone in? What types of things, as you and your, your situation, would you look for? And then I can add my piece."
2: Hey, I'm asking a question here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she just turned it around. All, yeah, she just turned it around. <laughs> See what
2: happens? Oh, so, no. Um, no, and that is, that's that's a it's a, it's a fair fair question. So, I know when we set this one up, um, and, I, and I'd talked about this before, um, I went to uh, the group chaplain and the group psych, um, but... I knew both of them. The group chaplain was our battalion chaplain when I was going through my stuff, when I started off on this journey. And then the group psych was actually the guy that I was talking to as I was on my way out from retirement. And so I had I had trust in both of them. Um, I had to educate um, the group psych on some of this because there were a lot of times when he wanted to become very professional um, in the group setting. And um, he needed to understand that... Th- the time for the professional piece was one-on-one and then the time for either mentoring or just listening was with the group because the group guys, the the guys in the group were actually running it and helping each other. Um, So I, I honestly, I would, I would say if you're looking for a a behavioral health person, that's somebody that you can trust and Mm -hmm. um, actually help educate if they're not already educated. Mm -hmm. So
1: Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. No, I, I think, I think the trust and, and obviously, you know, personality is a nebulous. There's, yeah, there's Someone who is, is open to, to feedback, doesn't get defensive, um, is able to it, take off that kind of academic hat and be more, more relatable, um, more able to, to listen and, and to be educated. Um, cause obviously not every psychologist is going to have the void with you. It's going to have, um, it's going to have, you know, been downrange and experience some of the things you have. But if they have the background, as far as educational wise, like they know fully about all the re- what the research says on post traumatic stress and anxiety disorders, um, they make a concerted effort to understand the culture, the people, um, the variety of, of people, um, involved, what their jobs, their, their duties are like and have been like. And and are are able to remain open to the needs of the people in front of them, without without trying to push too much of of their own expertise.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you believe Do you believe that? um, Would you think that a lot of psychologists, um, you know, their hands are just tied with all the red tape, with all you know the the rules and regulations, and that's why they kind of stick to that. Uh, toe on the line, I guess you want to call it type thing where, where you know, everything you just said right now, as far as, you know, understanding, you know, even though they've never been there, but understanding and being compassionate and and, and, and trying to be relatable, but are their hands tied and they have to do things this way and this way only because this is what the army says or the military says
2: can I, can I answer that let me answer that real quick doc and then I'll let you I'll let you sure. put your spin on it so here's sure. here's what I here's what I will say I don't think their hands are tied at all right they have to want like like Doc said they have to want to do this right and but they also have to be able to look at the people that they're working with and go hey, you know this. This is where I'm at. This is what needs to be done, okay. and this is how we do it. Yeah. Um, because we did run into one person that, um, literally did not want to continue with this. Oh wow. And it and it didn't. And right. shortly after Doc walked out the door, um, it it went away, and that was a very scary thing, um, for all of us. Now it it did stay um, with, you know, the guys that you've met and stuff like that. And, you know, so the rest of it. So I I would, I would honestly say that they have, they have to give, they really have to care about what they're doing. Anyway, go ahead, doc.
1: No, I completely agree. They have to, they have to be passionate about it and it's something that they want to, they have to want to do. Um, Now, obviously, you know, in the military, even with myself, you, know, you have to deploy. You don't have any control over that. Yep. Um, mm. You have to go to certain schools. You don't have control over that. You have to maintain certain ethical yep. guidelines yep. Um, so that, you know, you ensure you're able to keep your, your license and you're doing the right thing by yourself and everybody else. But, but the desire has to be there to the enter it, um, be really wanting to to help the people in front of you as opposed to, you know, what other distractible variables may be involved, I think is, is imperative because it does, it requires, um, it requires a lot. It, it takes a lot of energy it does. Um, in order yeah. to make sure that you're doing everything you can to help the person in front of you. Cause there's a lot of difficult things that you hear. Um, and I think being a psychologist in general, you're, you're very empathic. I so think you have to, you have to know how to, how to line and to balance that yourself, um, before anything else.
2: Absolutely. And yeah. then, even as a group, as a, as a group leader, you have to know how to balance that out. And that's why, again, that's why I say you got to work hand in hand with the, the behavioral health person that you have, but you also have to trust your guys and, and tell them. And that was, um, that's one of the things that I tell Tom and the rest of them. It's like, listen guys, I, I need some help with this or whatever. And yeah. it's and they've, you know, it, it always comes back. So, um, mm-hmm. let's see. So what, <clears throat> What would be the downfall?
1: Can I add something to that real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The other thing, um, especially with, with with guys like you, you hate to fail. Yeah,
3: right. Um, <laughs> I say that all the time. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You hate to fail. So it's already really challenging for you to come forward and admit this and to start doing things um, to improve. Um, But once you get to that point, you are, and you're trying to help other people, if you're, if you feel like, and maybe I'm projecting here, but if you feel like you're not able to help them or they're having setbacks, it can be exponentially more challenging for you. right? Because all you want is that person in front of you to improve. And if you see them moving backwards or um, whatever the case may be, that's like a double whammy for you. And it's, it's so much more challenging because all right, you do not want to fail yourself and you don't want to fail this person in front of you. And so that's the other reason why you have to have that person there that right. can, can help take some of the weight of that and put it in perspective um, so that you don't blame yourself.
2: Right. And that's also the part where the group has to look in, look into each other and insulate mm-hmm. each other. Yep. Um, as and, and I'm not saying the group's going to isolate anything, but they, ha- they have to insulate each other and, have, and everybody has to understand that.
0: Exactly, hmm. no, no, so,
2: yeah, that's where that's at. so so what would be and, and I go back to this, what would be the downfall? and we you and I have had this discussion, and it was with with another person, but what would be the downfall of um, somebody starting a group with without uh, VH support or with uh, not having the experience that some people have starting a group like this?
1: Yeah, and I think that goes along with uh, what I was just saying um, a few minutes ago is that um, one, you need the expertise and uh, you need someone who's been through all the, all the training, knows how to handle difficult situations um, and can also stay objective. Um, going back to, hey, you don't want to fail. Um, you may want to take on too much of where this person is or you may not be able to gauge exactly where they are, right. um, whether it be because you've got your own struggles or Right. You know, you're you're just trying to see them as it's getting better and not taking a difficult place. You need that set of, of fresh eyes who've, who have seen it all, been trained in it to give that perspective and to intervene when need be so that that doesn't have to be something else on your shoulders that, that may contribute to the struggles that you're going through yourself. Hmm.
2: Sure. Sure. You know, one of the things I'll say too is when you've got, when you have the group, just because you're, the facilitator or whatever it is, um, you're not going to be the one with all the answers. You really aren't. And the rest of your group, again, as you're looking at it from a team perspective is going to have a lot of weigh in on how it goes. Um, you know, you may not know the answer to one, but somebody else may know it as well. So again, that's Mm -hmm. why you lean on each other. So.
1: Absolutely. And that was the benefit. Um, and it's one of the most enjoyable things I, I found about their group was to watch you guys come in and help each other. And sometimes I wouldn't have to say anything throughout the whole 90 minutes that we were together because you, you got so skilled at coming in and helping through through things that you've already done in your experience and ways that you've, you've dealt with it or mm-hmm. challenging guys when they were saying something that you saw yourself say before. Um and so the beauty of it was it was so much more powerful for you guys to lean on each other um as opposed to hearing someone who hadn't been through what you've been through. Yeah, Um it was a beautiful thing to watch, um and to be a part
0: of. And I think that we listen to each other a lot, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, we listen. <laughs> <not a doubt. laughs> we listen to we listen to each other like brothers and, and a right. lot of times we fight, but at the same time we come around, you know, but yeah. Uh, um no absolutely
0: it's it's uh so just kind of go back on that like so like for me i've had to find in the last year and a half or so i've had to find a balance between you know having um you know uh the peer-to-peer having my friends there for me but at the same time still going to behavioral health and and it took me several psych uh uh, um psychologists to, to find but i finally found one that, you know what I'm saying? That balance is there now where I, you know what I'm saying? I have you guys and I, and, and I hear you guys and I can vent certain things to you guys without, without being worried of, of, of what I'm going to say and getting in trouble for what I'm going to say. Judgment. Right. Judgment. And then I can go down to her and still vent and, and say what I got to say and get that different perspective from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that is huge, you know, um, I looked and looked for a psychologist through behavioral health and, and I just never found that good balance. And it finally took for one to see me at my breaking point. And I then I think that's what it was for this last one is that she saw me at my, like, that was it. Like I had enough and, and, and I think she saw that and was like, all right, well, you know, I gotta approach this differently. I think than any other time. And I think that's where we're at right now. That, that relationship between her, between her and I is just amazing now. And I think that's only because she understands me and she saw me, at my breaking point, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you bring up a very valuable point. Um, and that's that not every psychologist is going to be good for you. No. You have to find, you know, just like, you know, every significant other one isn't going to be the right fit. You have to find that one that you have to with. Right. And if you don't find it the first, first, second, third, fourth, fifth time, you keep searching until so you find, yep. you find that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah.
0: I, so
2: I think the other way too is, you know, where are we are so used, our community so used to using networks and I've watched a lot of guys yeah. just come home and not use networks because yeah. we spend years and years setting networks up overseas, but we don't right. set networks. We don't follow the ones that yeah. we have here. Use your networks, yeah. guys. Use your networks. It's very important to be able to do that. Key. Um, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's no,
1: without a doubt, social support is uh, the number one thing that helps us get through
0: challenging times. Right. Yeah. You can't do this. You cannot do this alone. And um, yeah. I thought I could for the longest time. And, and, and you know, so did, every, so did everybody <laughs> exactly. else. Man. I mean, that's, you know,
2: I was like, no, nah, I got this, man. Yeah, I, I got this. I'm got sitting got here this. rolling my eyes, Doc. It's a conversation <laughs> that we've had the whole time. It's like, really? <laughs> you know, so. yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um. So we're we're about thirty six minutes. Yeah. Um. Let's see. You got any questions for her? Um, you want to mm- ask her about? It? <laughs> you just caught
0: okay. me. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, how do you think? So, you know, the peer to peer is 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 small and growing right now, but obviously, it's effective. Like it is, like, you know what I'm saying? It does help. Um and times are changing. We're not, you know, in, in, in deploying a combat capacity as much as we used to be in the in the intent. i I'm saying the, the op tempo as, as 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 before. I guess maybe uh-huh. one question I might have for you, um, you know, I, I don't know how broad or big it might be, but like how do you think we can move forward and, and, and fix that gap within the community and and, and get people to actually I don't know I don't want to say higher ups but you know get it more within the groups uh, you know now I guess like how do we start that within the groups now
1: yeah I think that's a, a valuable point because <laughs> as you know as well that each group has its own culture so um, and while we may be able to do things a lot virtually now, I think it's imperative to be able to do that face to face, uh, one on one support. So it would, it would have to be, um, and, and Jim, I'm open to your feedback on this too. It would have to be people that, in, in each of the, the groups, um, maybe someone interested in maybe um, a trusted agent, behavioral health provider, a doc, somebody, being willing to start that conversation, yeah. um, with at least one or two of the people there. And so going back to what Jim said about the network, um, having someone in that network who's willing to, to take the lead or at least go to someone who can take the lead, whether it's, um, their behavioral health officer, whether it's the surgeon, someone to get that started, um, so that each, each group in and of itself can have their own, their own support network. Um, because as it, as it continues to grow, and you mentioned, you know, while deployments are are slowing down, I would venture to say that that's where you're going to see a lot more problems when um, people aren't busy and when they have time for things to to percolate. I was just um, say family that. issues. Yes, it's it's going to it's going to become increasingly important to to have those in place and have those available. Um, but you got to make sure that. They're, they're your 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 network. I mean, you know, there's right. tons of networks. You got to have that network that's that's um, that's available to you and available to the people that you you've deployed with, you've been around. Um, and so, uh, offhand, I would say, yeah, getting them at the group level with that with that trusted agent, yeah, um, who can help help propagate it.
0: Right. I think I think what I've been seeing is is you know. Um, what people don't understand is even though deployments have stopped and we're not going to combat as much anymore, you know, people just assume like, well, you know, you're not going to combat, you're not deploying. So what is the problem? But what they don't understand is, man, I've been deploying, you know, a lot of us have been deploying <laughs> since the beginning of all this, uh, you know, since the beginning. And now that everything's slowed down is when just like you just said, you start, you know, thinking about it everything is just, it's just stewing in there. And, because deployment slowed down, you're thinking I'm good, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But everything else has increased. You're, you know what I'm saying? Your your problems are you're just bottling everything in. Um, and I think that's where the discon. You know, to me, I think that's where the disconnect is. And I'm only talking from my experience, so so I can't speak about too many. You know what I'm saying about the other groups or anything else, but just my experience here is that you know, um, it takes the chain of command to understand. Yes, we're not deploying to combat as much, but people are now thinking about all that stuff that's happened the last, you know, 18, 19 Mm -hmm. years. And how do we move forward and, you know, um, help these guys with that? So I'll I'll start to answer that, but um,
2: if you don't mind, doc, I'll, uh, Sure. so if we look at taking, uh, taking guys like putting, you were talking about the three shop, you know, sending them to the shop, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, right. You take them out of, take them out of the plate, you know, take the body armor off and they start thinking about, you know, I like that by the way in their, in their, in their brain, they start getting in their own head Yeah, and that's a dangerous place for any warrior to be. Right. I don't care where you're at in the force. It's right. a dangerous place for any warrior to be because once you start thinking and you get into your own head, that's where it starts. Right. And so, um, You've got to be cognizant of it, but you're self-aware, self-aware. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's where doc steps in. Um, I don't think there's a Christmas that's gone by in the last, well, nine years, December, it'll be 10 years or whatever it is that I haven't sent her a text even when she was, wasn't here. She was completely out. Um, where I, I thanked her for saving our lives. Right. And that's, that's how you have to look at it.
0: Yeah. No, no. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, for sure. You really do. For sure,
2: man. She's going to get all teary eyed on me now, but I mean, that's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I know. I've got to think of helicopters and eggs, so I do get careful here. Right. Helicopters <laughs> <laughs> and eggs. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But no, I think it's a valuable point, And I think just like what you said, um, it's so true. It's a misnomer. And I will tell you, Um, just in my experience that when individuals are pulled from doing deployments, from being on a team, when they're moved to a staff position, part, when they're becoming a sergeant major and, um, they're no longer, you know, in the fight, so to speak, that's when all those years of compartmentalizing come to fruition because they're Mm -hmm. not distracting themselves and staying as busy as they were. And they don't have the same support systems that they had previous. And they feel, they feel very isolated. Yes. And, and especially in cold, COVID times, yeah. um, it's even additionally worse. Then all of that just hits them in the face, and yep. they don't know how to they don't know how to deal with it. And that's typically when all the other the alcohol <laughs> and all the other um, things come to fruition because they're trying whatever yeah. they can and almost to dull that.
0: That's that's how um, you know exactly everything you just said is, is everything that happened to me <laughs> it, everything yeah. you just said everything you just said you know I went from deploying um, minimum once a year to three times a year since the beginning of you know 2002 2003 um, and then I get here in 2017 and I'm at McCall And everything stopped and my drinking increased. And then, you know, I went from being an extrovert to being an introvert. And I don't want to see nobody Mm -hmm. and I just want to, you know, I'm sitting in my house in the dark with shades down and, you know, but then I'd go to work and nobody would know that, you know, know what's going on. Absolutely. You know, but I'm in this dark, dark place because I'm not, I'm not moving a million miles a minute anymore. (laughs) And I got Mm -hmm. nothing but time in my feelings. That's, that's it. But you know, for me, like the only times that that um, I was happy is when I was back in that team environment at work. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a uh, uh, it's a tough road, man. Yeah. Very tough, and it's and it's and if you don't, if you're not self aware of that, you know, which I wasn't in the beginning at all. But if you're not, and you don't have people around you um, that are ca- holding you accountable, that are not checking in on you. I uh when I was at my darkest moment that's when I started thinking like this is how people lose themselves right here. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. how people lose themselves. Yep. Uh and and you know that was help that was big for me man is is, is just having yeah. having the right people around. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and recognizing it before it gets too too bad cuz once you're at that point where you're completely isolating um you don't have any social support. You're not talking to people. Not that you, in a delusional way, lose sense of reality, but you don't know how to get back to that. And the further you pull away, and you guys not wanting to fail and you know, being ultimate, ultimate problem solvers,
2: yes. um, you're
1: at a loss.
2: I don't yes. know. I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, that's it's crazy um but yeah you're you gonna all right. She's, she's got to get back
2: okay hey doc i want to thank you seriously and and again you you have made a huge difference in this green beret's life and i know the other guys that were in that oh initial yeah this group but also educating us on you know before um and and how we've been able to go on i know there's guys that um that i talk to still and it's, it's been great. And thank you for doing this interview with us. Um, and I mean, keep doing what you're doing because it's it, the lasting effects are there and you know this because I tell you that every time I see you. So it doesn't matter.
0: Anyway.
1: No, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And actually
0: it's been an honor to, to serve and to work with you all. Definitely. Um, so I like to do um, a usual thing on my podcast that I just kind of started is, is ask my guest uh, one question. Um, Mm -hmm. so my question to you is from your professional, uh, uh, perspective and, and, you know, from your professional view, what advice would you give to someone who's looking for, uh, to get help, but is scared to come forward to the chain of command?
1: Yeah, that's always a tough one, huh? So I think it would be something, um, which I think worked, I, I think worked at third group was, Find that trusted person who you know has gone through difficult things himself, um, and can hear you and can listen to you. Um, I know for us it was people saw that people they knew that they trusted were getting help and were being treated well by, by command. So they stopped them out to get their thoughts and opinions. Um, and I, even just being able to share a little bit of your story and hear how other people who've been through it are dealing with it and where they're at um i think that gave them the most optimism um not only that they can get there themselves but ways to move forward with it
0: exactly awesome well uh dr angela fox thank you so much thank you for coming on the show uh hopefully we can get you back here again maybe on another episode later on in the future Uh, but thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Look out for this episode. Thank you. Uh, God bless and uh, much love and respect. Thank you.